0: all right so yeah i will go ahead and and say the prayer and then we'll get started (laughs) our dear heavenly father we're so grateful for our many blessings and for the opportunity that we have to to study together and to to learn of christ we're so grateful for him and his life and ministry and all that he gives us in order to um pattern our lives and uh our personal missions after we're so grateful for the the power of the atonement which he wrought that makes all things possible and uh, allows us to come back into thy presence we're so grateful for this time to to study together and and pray that the spirit will be here so that we can understand and and more fully comprehend the uh, the anti-mortal mission of jesus christ we're grateful and we say these things in the name of thy son jesus christ amen amen all right so with anti-mortal existence. It's kind of interesting studying both of these kind of back to back. The number five, which we already discussed, the anti-mortal appearances of versus this one, which is the anti-mortal existence of. So we're talking like pre-mortal doctrine of, of Jesus Christ. And my mind kept going back to uh, a, a question that I've been trying to ask myself all week of what would my life and my perspective of the gospel be like if we didn't have any of these scriptures listed here if we didn't know that there was a pre-mortal council if we didn't know that um, christ was a god before um he did condescended to this earth and and all of that and it was just i don't know it's it's caused me a lot of pause to to reflect and and really be grateful for uh what we do have um and knowledge of christ in his pre-mortal stature and his condescension, but um, what all did, did you guys learn and, and gain out of these scriptures that, that you studied about his anti-mortal existence, the fact that he existed before and um, his stature as a God there, and anyway, just what kind of things, what kind of insights uh, were popping out to you guys as, as you studied this, um, these sections of scriptures? i'm gonna pull up my <laughs> lexicons and things as we dive through some at of the, the
1: very p- bottom that the box at the bottom of the first page uh, much advanced preparation was required for his atonement even before he was born in the flesh
2: hmm.
1: for one thing an earth was required on which we the children of god could live during our mortal existence I had never thought about what it would take to make all this happen. Uh-huh.
2: <laughs> you yeah. don't
1: think it's like, oh, well, you we got to get this done. Or we got to get this done. Or we gotta... And you never thought of it in that way.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's quite amazing, isn't it? And, um, you know, with like our temple experience and, and being able to kind of watch the creation unfold and the spiritual creation before it's physical and just, I mean, like, <laughs> I've put on some events before and it I mean it's exhausting you know trying to get all of the the people and the places and the things all in the right <laughs> order and things but to have our pre-mortal council and then create all of this so that it works good <laughs> like you were saying there much advanced preparation was required uh, for the atonement and that's the the catalyst for everything we have to have a creation we have to have a fall we have to have all of these things in, in perfect place <laughs> i can't even imagine
1: Is that very top verse the primeval arrangements for the mortal existence of the human race I mean, talking billions of people <laughs> yeah, yeah. we're not talking like a weekend retreat like, <laughs> yeah.
2: this is, this is the whole enchilada.
1: i gotta get the whole thing i mean it's a, this is really i just never thought of it in that way
2: mm-hmm.
0: only a
1: god could do it
0: yeah. like herding cats but this is like much harder <laughs> i mean you should
1: see st George last week with the with the worldwide marathon <laughs> it's oh, complete really chaos he oh, yeah. didn't get anywhere you just have to stay home you can't can't go anywhere <laughs> and the two of them two of the racers were run over <laughs> oh no so what if, the heck yeah it's just really sad but it's just it's chaos like there's just so many people so yeah. i mean think of this is just, you know, a million, billion times bigger.
2: Mm-hmm. Huh.
1: I have a question. Yeah.
3: As I ponder our discussion and what I read, um, this anti-mortal existence is an area that I want to add more texture to mm-hmm. in my studies. But Christ was, if I'm understanding these correctly, he was a, a God Uh, in the anti-mortal existence. But coming to earth, I'm wondering if it was somewhat of a descent. I'm just kind of grappling with my whole conceptualization of what we learned through the Isaiah Institute as well. Mm -hmm. Uh, If it wasn't somewhat of a descent for him, and then once on earth, he actually part of his preparation that uh, was so interestingly pointed out that particular part of our study i'm wondering if he also didn't need to um grow into once he was here grow into what he had been foreordained to do
2: Mm -hmm.
3: Yeah, Like, like we all do or if because he was a god he was just gift more gifted and able i mean i i know he was more gifted and able as a child but I'm just wondering if there was part of a uh, progression necessary, a learning process necessary. Yeah.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah. And a few of the scriptures that we have on um, his, like he, he learned uh, from grace to grace and and was able to, to progress in his mortal sojourn and stuff. And so <clears throat> correct me if I'm wrong. I think it's chapter eight of Isaiah Decoded. Uh, that talks about the Jehovah level and um what he went through in his condescension. Um you know I mean like you were saying the the descent uh, it's condescent he descended to be with us and um
3: uh to... and to experience the um the pains of mortality of being a physical body mm-hmm. um,
1: well so... I think we all did
2: Mm
3: -hmm. Yes, I I think we did too. Um, I just am thinking about what that would have been like for him with his, you know, his stature.
2: Mm -hmm. Yeah. Just trying to kind of understand
3: how everything works. (laughs) If Uh anybody else has any comments, I'm all ears.
0: (laughs) Yeah. You know how like we, we all kind of come to earth with different skill sets, different abilities, different spiritual gifts and things, it kind of makes me wonder about what levels and and things we were at as well before we um, actually came to Earth. There, you know, there was a only we could only progress so much without a body. And that's why we come here in order to to gain that and and learn a whole new side of things. Um, But I I think that in, in my perspective, that Christ and us, we all acquired and, and gained and learned certain things, certain gifts and, and abilities in, in the pre-mortal, in order to to come here and actually start using those in our in our sojourn here. Um, that we were able, like for for most of us, to be born into the covenant or uh, find the the gospel in our lifetime and be uh, part of the house of Israel, uh, knowing certain of those things that those were earned is the wrong word, but like, um, those Those were
3: choice choice
0: blessings. uh Uh-huh. Yeah. Choice blessings given to us based upon some faithful actions in, in the pre-mortal,
3: perhaps some diligence on our part. Mm -hmm. Uh Mm-hmm. Yeah.
0: And so just Christ taking that to the, to the, uh, utmost degree of all of the things that he gained but uh, still coming here he had to learn in his his mortal body certain things and uh, learning how to grow and um
3: and uh, have to sucker us so he experienced things in a way that would allow him to know what we experience i was also thinking i brought this up before about how satan tempted him mm-hmm. and you know Knowing what we know through the Isaiah Institute, that you reach a certain level where Satan is literally banned; he has no more power over you. Um, that is something for for me to ponder. I wonder how that how he could be tempted.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, it, it was really interesting. Uh, I was reading a, a block of scriptures. I'm just kind of going through the the Joseph Smith translation of of passages. And that one was really eye-opening to me. Um, I I think it's the Matthew one where, anyway, his temptations or whatever. And the things that that Joseph Smith corrects in there is very interesting because um, many times we, we talk about how Satan took him to the wilderness or was able to put him on the pinnacle of the temple and things, and Joseph Smith corrects that, but. He also adds a few different layers of, of nuance to that experience that, that we just don't get in our normal translations. But yeah, but, yeah like getting to a, a level where, where Satan is bound in our own personal lives and being beyond that, I can't even imagine.
3: <laughs> and in addition to uh, the choice of blessings that we have received, we also inherit the intergenerational iniquities in our flesh. Mm-hmm. We come with a mixed bag.
0: <laughs> you help exactly. <clears throat> and so, um, I think it was let's see the John three thirteen one. I found this one interesting in light of the um, Isaiah's ladder and and the ascent and descent etc. But I was reading this one in a new way that I hadn't before. It says, "And no man hath ascended up to heaven, but he that came down from heaven, even the Son of Man, which is in heaven." And so, you know, many different religions interpret that a lot of different ways. But having the context of Isaiah behind that, um, meaning that that no one can ascend until he condescends and then goes back up into to heaven. Um, you know like he was the first fruits that uh, no one was resurrected until he was resurrected kind of imagery but um even more so another layer to that of just ascension in his his personal growth um to to pull us through our we sense and um, so that we can ascend as well I, I i really loved every time that it was talking about like um ascending in these these verses. So what layers of richness does the Book of Mormon add to this anti-mortal existence? <clears throat> we have the first chapter of 3rd Nephi. Um, talking or, or promising that that he will come, like on the morrow, come I into the world to to fulfill the the, the word of the holy prophets. And then we have in um, chapter twenty six. I, I find this one very interesting. Let's, let's read that. It says, "If they be good to the resurrection of everlasting life, and if they be evil to the resurrection of damnation." being on a parallel, the one on the one hand and the other on the other hand, according to the mercy, the justice, and the holiness which is in Christ, who was before the world began. And so what part does this resurrection play in a study of his anti-mortal existence? Because, I mean, is it just because that little phrase there at the end is included in there, that this is relevant? Uh, to this study or is there more here that we can understand about the resurrection um, knowing that he was before the world began I don't know that was kind of a convoluted question (laughs) but um, it was one that I was pondering Cameron Mm
4: -hmm? I was wondering I've never thought about that but as you speak in there I think that we knew there was going to be a resurrection before we uh, agreed to come. Because, gosh, why would we want to come get a body and then and never be able to mm-hmm. live again? You know. So I never entertained that thought before, but I'm pretty sure that we had were told that there would be a a resurrection
2: Mm -hmm.
1: and also like this is the perfect place to practice and learn about mercy and justice like having a body and coming to earth um i think and it says that in the last part and the holiness which is in christ was before the world began so i think first i don't know where i got this but i wrote holiness brings more holy more mercy and justice the perfect balance
2: mm-hmm.
1: not i not sure that. where i got that i don't know if i made it up <laughs> i could have
0: <laughs> <laughs> oh. that fits in perfectly there
1: i also think it's interesting we're reading right there about holiness and then um sister nelson just talked about in that conference up in Calgary or wherever it was about uh-huh. how can we be more holy in everything we do um really? i've i've thought about that a lot this week like oh how can i make this holy um yeah. you know
2: yeah. just with every
1: daily things um how how do you make it holy how do you wash the dog in a holy way <laughs> <laughs> How do you scrub the floor in a holy way? I think making it holy is just not cussing about it while you do it. Well, you're
4: making things clean.
1: Well, and I think our attitude and our intention.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: You know, our intention is our intention is what makes it holy. Like when we do foot zoning, that's the first thing you do is set your intention. Mm-hmm. And that's what makes it holy. And that's also what, that's also what defines when it's not of God, when you don't have bounds and you don't have a clear intention.
0: Hmm. Interesting. Yeah, I need to dive into foot zoning more and stuff. Like, I, so many people have been like mentioning it lately, and like, hmm, I, I've never wanted people to play with my feet, but <laughs> I, I think that there's. <laughs> a lot of interesting healing aspects to it that uh i have just missed out on kind of a thing it's very interesting nice no, there yeah I, our intention I, I, with
1: everything we do mm-hmm. sorry
0: darlene
3: i'm sorry i recommend it um the foot zoning just as an aside <laughs> i love what darlene said about um you know, asking the question, did we know of the resurrection pre-mortally? We must have. Otherwise, why would we be so happy about coming down here to mm-hmm. learn and grow? Um, it wouldn't have had a purpose otherwise. Um, and also, um, I think that we're more empowered. <laughs> we even realize our the power of our choices and decisions it just kind of hit me wow we really have a lot of opportunity through choice privilege through choice we have a lot to do with what what goes on in -hmm. this whole cosmic drama you know sometimes i think when i was a little girl i just felt like god was in the heavens and he did everything and i was just passively his child you know what i mean but as i grow into my knowledge of the gospel i'm realizing how much a part of what happens we actually are through the power of choice
2: mhm yeah.
1: i thought ether 316 was interesting that the body of my spirit that man i have created oh. after the body like our body is created after the body of our spirit and mm-hmm. is that did i understand that right like our physical body is created like our is that what that says
0: uh-huh, yeah so i, I, I have, have like a couple different layers with it because i was reading it in new ways this time too but um Let's see so behold this body and he's like referring to his own spirit body that the brother of jared is is now seeing is the body of my spirit and man have i created after the body of my spirit and so um that we are fashioned after his likeness but it's a spiritual likeness <clears throat> but that he will his physical will match his his spiritual likeness is kind of how i was taken up But yeah, it, I mean, after lectures on faith and after Jeff Ruhner's, um podcast, I, I'm looking at spiritual creation versus physical creation so differently these days. Like, I don't know why it's taken me so long to learn this principle, but um, mm-hmm. that that power of creating spiritually because it's the law of spirits that the physical has to, it magnetizes to the spiritual once the spiritual becomes a permanent thing. And so uh, just how God is appearing there and creating us spiritually so that we manifest physically. It's just interesting, so amazing.
3: How do you spell How do you spell Bruner? I that's one of the podcasts I've been trying to find.
0: Let me see, Jeff. Because it's an interesting. Somebody said that you pronounce it Beener, but I, I heard him on one of the podcasts introduce himself, and, and that's not how he pronounced it. So I'm let me see. How did it... B R. Oh, let me find it on. <laughs> I'm trying to think where I've got it. Gmail
4: Gina... Well it's I'll look it up. Um, okay you can put it in the chat or something. It's on Megan's
0: Yeah, they? Uh,
4: thing I can just a second, I can find it. I think I,
0: I got it pulled up just a second. Oh do you? Okay. So Jeff B-U-E, H-N-E-R, H-N-E-R.
3: Okay, I I was I was actually Googling Deaner. Mm-hmm. So that's quite different
2: <laughs>
1: yeah I think it's pronounced Bueller oh. I know some people without the last name and they pronounce a Bueller
3: okay
0: but yeah um and so I put the link in the chat for his interview with Megan um and then in the the podcast he always mentions that um megan's audience can can get the free ebook or whatever, but he never gives a link to it so if you want that link, let me know and I can send it to you and uh email me and then I'll just reply back to it Thank but, you so uh, yeah it, spiritual creation is um one that's really popped in my head uh and especially every time that I go through the endowment and um any scripture <laughs> now I'm looking at it in totally. New ways, it's been such a fun process,
4: yeah. It's really taught there in the temple as soon as we learn what we're being taught. I mean, I noticed that you know everything was spiritual first, and since they've been f- making the little films and stuff, you can see it. But I'm I was trying to think back on. Uh, on all the live endowments you know like we used to do and stuff like how did they do that and how they teach that i don't know i can't i can't figure it out (laughs) but it's pretty clear on since they've been able to
0: especially like um film c the how it morphs and stuff like it has the the artist rendition of it And then it morphs directly into, like, all of a sudden it just is real or whatever. Uh, And I was like, ooh, that's really cool. Like, ooh, spiritual before physical. And, you know, the the first utterance of it is the actual spiritual creation kind of thing. But what got me, this was a couple years ago, was um, when you're uh, comparing the creation accounts in the scriptures, you know, how we have Genesis... Uh, Moses, Abraham, and the temple, like they're not jiving totally. Like there's some differences and nuances to each of the creation accounts and why is there differences? And somebody explained once that it's because there's different accounts. Some of them are talking about the spiritual creation and some are talking about the physical creation. And and that's why that there's some differences. And so when you start dissecting it and figuring out which one's which and how they they pair off of each other then it starts making more sense but mm-hmm. um, that in light with this ether 316 that i, I mean that's kind of what the whole premortal council was we were creating spiritually and and that we all had a part in the creation of the earth because we were all creating our own existence as well and and it's always based upon our desires he never forces anything upon us it's always agency and agency was a pre-mortal thing as well and it's basically okay so what is wanted what do you want out of a, an existence like in order to progress we need physical things and so let's create them spiritually before they're physical and so that we all had a, a whatever scale of uh how do i say that i mean we probably all had different aspects in the creation but that we were in our own sphere of of influence there creating our life and what we wanted it to be and what we were covenanting to do kind of a thing Uh, anyway that's where my my mind's been at lately (laughs) it's kind of hard to to put it out into words until i've (laughs) written it down and put it eloquently.
3: <laughs> I'm glad you're trying. Keep going. <laughs>
2: yeah.
3: Flesh this one out, Cameron. Come on, keep going. <laughs> well, DNC 88, 27,
5: 28 mm-hmm. is interesting. For, with, uh, for notwithstanding they die, they shall rise again a spiritual body. 28. They who are of a celestial spirit shall receive the same body, which was a natural body. Even ye shall receive your bodies, and your glory shall be that glory by which your bodies are quickened. Ye who are quickened by a portion of the celestial glory shall then receive the same glory, even of fullness. Hmm.
0: Yeah, I'm, I'm taking that in a whole new light now.
4: Yeah. How what, many times
0: have I read that?
4: <laughs> what what was that against, Devin, with a D and C what?
5: Eighty
4: eight,
5: twenty seven, twenty-eight, twenty six, twenty seven, twenty eight. Yeah. Okay. And twenty nine. Huh. Wow. So, so when we die we get our body back it's also a spiritual body it looks like
2: -hmm.
0: Hmm. and how things are created through faith i mean it's opening up lectures on faith even more (laughs) like huh there's a lot of implications there i'm gonna have to to really go back and do a deep study on dnc 88 because we did that a lot with lectures on faith right but now Having that kind of as a capstone, go back to the original text and go, here it is. Hmm. Yeah, thanks for bringing that up. That's, that's a huge one.
2: Yeah.
5: So I have a question on Abraham 327. Uh-huh. It kind of hit me where it says, and one answered like unto
0: the Son of Man. What does that mean?
3: That hit me too.
0: <laughs> yep. Let, let's actually bring that up just a second. Open up the scripture so that we can look at the ones prior and and after. Abraham 3. Okay, so Abraham chapter 3. We're Abraham learns about the sun, moon, and stars by means of the Urim and Thummim. The Lord reveals to him the eternal nature of spirits. He learns of pre-earth life, foreordination, the creation, the choosing of a redeemer, redeemer, and the second estate of man. So, going down. Let's actually look at like 24 here. And, and kind of read that in context of 27, um, because I found that so interesting. I was pouring over uh, Abraham 3 sometime this week, I can't remember, but anyway. says, And there stood one among them that was likened to God. And he said unto those who were with him, We will go down, for there is space there, and we will take of these materials, and we will make an earth whereupon these may dwell. And we will prove them herewith to do to see if they will do all things whatsoever the Lord their God shall command them.
5: Okay, so my question is in 24, who are they talking about? Uh
0: huh. Yeah, <laughs> even though pronouns has taken on a new meaning in the last couple of years, but it's exactly. all about the pronouns.
5: <laughs> right. Who's likened to God? Isn't that Jesus then?
0: Mm-hmm, yeah.
1: That's
4: what I think. Yeah. Yeah, has to be.
0: And they who keep their first estate shall be added upon. And they who keep not their first estate shall not have glory in the same kingdom with those who have kept their first estate. And they who keep their second estate shall have glory added upon their heads forever and ever. And the Lord said, whom shall I send? Oh,
5: and one oh, okay, other... can mm-hmm. we stop at 26? Yeah. How do you understand that to be?
3: Yes, I'm already pondering 26.
5: <laughs> I mean,
0: I think I know, but I'd we like to hear what you think. do a times on, on <laughs> every verse here, don't we? I'm learning so many new things already. And I, like, how many times have I read Abraham 3? But things are popping out in new ways, aren't so if we go
5: back to 88, 28, talks about the bodies of the natural man. You shall receive your bodies and your glory shall be that glory with which your bodies are quickened.
3: Okay, so- on those on those verses with Abraham in the side,
5: mm-hmm.
3: actually, my daughter used to use this uh,
5: these scriptures
3: when she was in seminary. She has wrote in the side, Jeremiah 1, uh, 4, 4 through 5. And in that one, then it says, Then the word of the Lord came unto me, saying, before I formed thee in the belly, I knew thee, and before thou camest forth out of the womb, I sanctified thee, and I I ordained thee a prophet unto the nations. Right. Mm -hmm. So that might be, um, what was that scripture that we just decided was, okay, the twenty-six. that might be those who keep... Their first estate, which is the premortal existence, shall be added upon. And they who keep not their first estate shall not have glory in the same kingdom. That's the part that confuses me. Mm -hmm. Their first. I understand that the more diligent we were primordially, the further ahead we were, you know, as far as some some even being called you know before they came to be prophets to serve really the i think the more you kept the first estate the more you had opportunities to serve and minister here yep. that but, is my, my personal understanding um but, but i don't understand the word this that they would not have glory in the same kingdom i'm a little if, grappling with if that they
5: response. don't keep the first estate then they don't get the bodies
4: mm-hmm so, like you talked like the third that correct it didn't
2: a funny
3: right. way
5: of saying that though so that I... it is that's why I'm bringing that up
0: mm-hmm. so what does it mean to like what is an estate and what does it mean to keep it
6: right, let's get there right so,
0: well um uh uh-huh. yeah, go for it
5: well, the first and we're in the second estate now, right so and the first estate, if you didn't make it, or didn't, you know, if you followed Satan, then you don't have that body.
0: Mm-hmm. So, like, um, let's... And
5: having a body is having glory. Mm-hmm. Yeah.
0: Yeah, let's look up the, the word of estate in the 1828 dictionary, because... Um, Joseph is translating it into the, to that vernacular, right? So, what is an estate? I think that there's, you know, a few different things that we can look at, but the roots have nearly the same signification to set or to fix. It is probable that the Latin stow is contracted from the stad. Uh, anyway, all of that <laughs> mumbo-jumbo, um, but here, in a general sense, It's a fixedness, a fixed condition, now generally written, or a pronounced state. Uh, The second one is a condition or circumstances of any person or thing, whether high or low. The third is a rank. The fourth is in law, the interest or quantity of interest a man has, like lands, tenements, like an estate, um, a manor, a, a mansion, an estate in that kind of a regard fortune, kind of along that same line, Uh, the general business of interest of government, uh, a republic, a commonwealth kind of a thing, Uh, we have those kind of states, and orders and classes of men in a society or government. Um, So I, I find that very interesting, pondering each one of those and plugging that in to what it was in our first estate. It was a condition, uh, a state of being, kind of taking Jeff's um, spiritual creation motif, that when we, because our our spirits, uh, when we imagine, he uses the word pretend, but when we pretend or uh, focus our energy, we our spirits can can morph and and um, create instantly, but they lose that as long as as soon as we break our attention from it. So it's only created while we're in the moment and, and focusing upon it. As soon as we lose our attention or break that that sight of it, it, it goes back to, to what it knows or, or what its previous creation was. But if we can maintain it long enough and that becomes our new reality, then the physical has to conform to it kind of a thing. And so... I, I like this first one here, that it's a fixed condition. So those that kept their first estate in this specific sense were those that were able to keep their attention on their creation. Those that didn't, they—I mean—they were wandering. They were, it, they were not able to to harness that ability to to focus. For an extended period of time on what they wanted and their creation and so that being kind of one aspect of it but then um rank or even the the estate being an actual location or an inheritance or a a land kind of a thing where they didn't keep their um first estate in um let's see keep their first estate they shall have no glory in the same kingdom with those who did keep their first estate.
5: So let me go to um, my favorite place, Encyclopedia Mormonism. And it says, uh, First estate refers to those unspecified period of time otherwise known as a premortal life. The words first estate in Jude 1:6 are the King James translation of the Greek A-R-C-A-T. And other English versions, the word translated as "principality," "dominion." Um, so that brings up a whole nice set of questions when you talk about the temple, appointed spheres, responsibilities, and original rank. Isn't that interesting? In the context of June one six, each of these implies that a certain intelligent beings existed in significant positions in the pre-earth life and fell from their favored status with God. So that kind of ties in what Jesus said. And then it says, Latter-day Saints believe that all mankind were begotten and individual spirits from the children of God, with individual agency prior to their being born into mortality. Using this agency, a third part of the spirits followed Lucifer, rebelled against God in the plan of salvation that God proposed to bring about the eventual exaltation of his children through the atoning sacrifice of Jesus Christ. Because of their rebellion, these spirits kept not their first estate, June 1-6, Jude 1-6, that is, and were subsequently cast out of heaven, being denied opportunity of having a mortal body on this earth. DNC 29, 36, 38, Moses 4. One through four, Abraham three twenty six twenty eight, and uh, Revelations 4, four seven and nine. All the remaining spirits prove themselves sufficiently faithful to be—that's you and I—to be permitted the in earth life with a physical
4: body. Wow, uh, and you know, it, it's kind of mind blowing when you think all we don't know how long we were there in you know pre-mortality but those spirits that decided to rebel and stuff seemed like they knew full well what they were doing. I mean we have been progressing there for a long time could be eons of time and and so they knew, I mean, it wasn't like they had a little oops moment. I mean, they knew what they were doing and they and they chose that. It's like, hmm.
5: Yeah, what really strikes me is that their appointed spheres, their dominion, their responsibilities, you think of the temple ordinances, their original rank, they yeah. fell from their favored status with God. I mean, that puts a whole lot of insight into how intense this must have been. hmm yeah. So yeah. they literally lost their glory. Yeah. I mean, it's the way I'm looking at that. Am I seeing that wrong, do you think?
4: Oh,
5: I... Yeah, I Okay.
4: I think it's a lot bigger than we ever really, at least I ever really, you know, you hear about the war in heaven and everything, but I mean, it was big enough. And I mean, the, it continues here on the earth. That's what the whole battle is, you know, and will continue till. So, getting getting
3: back to what Cameron said about the fixed state, it seems that it's the second estate that fixes our condition. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, as you, Cameron, were talking about the ability to focus on create, spiritual creation for extended periods of time.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, I was just looking up in the the Webster's dictionary for the the word keep and um, interesting on the 11th one here. It talks about how keep is related to to the word state so to continue any state course of action as to keep silence or to keep the same road or the same pace, and so that that keep is like a, a maintain and focus in in that process there God, there's so many different things my mind's just <laughs> i love studying with other people because it's just like whoa i never would have looked up that scripture i mean i probably eventually a couple years down the road i'd look it up <laughs> but like so many things are adding to the richness of this thing i want to go through like abraham 3 and just dissect like look up every word in different translations and lexicons and and things and huh cross reference everything cuz i've i how many times have we read this i mean we can kind of quote it almost <laughs> in our um in our church but do we really understand it i have not understood it up until this point right like I, yeah. like i'm getting it now
3: i totally agree i wrote in the margin i don't understand abraham 3 <laughs> <laughs> so here
1: we are talking about it right
5: yeah so- Here's, here's another one. This will really open things up. This is the second estate, Mormonism Encyclopedia. Second estate is a latter day term that refers to mankind's mortal existence on this earth. In the scripture, it occurs only in the writings, get this of Abraham, Abraham 326. But the pre earth life of spirits is called the first estate in Jude 1 6. LDS saints believe that through the process of birth, the spirit children of God who kept their first estate pre-mortar enter into their second estate by receiving a physical body with additional opportunities. I love that piece, additional opportunities, right? Mm -hmm. For experience and development. Mortality then is a probationary period in which individuals prepare to meet God. In the final judgment, all mankind will be judged of their works, which were done in the temporal. Excuse me, this is important. Which were done by the temporal body, in the and their days of probation. That's First 1 Nephi 5:15:32. Other words, what happened in our second estate, in Alma 12:14. Now, all who receive the saving principles and ordinances. Now, I want you to think about what President Nelson is saying about the gathering, right? Mm -hmm. That the most important thing we can do is gather. And we know that part of gathering is the temples, right? Because that's the cultivation of the gathering. So listen to this. He says, all who receive the saving principles and ordinances of the gospel of Jesus Christ, including faith, repentance, baptism, gift of the Holy Ghost, ordination to the priesthood for men, endowment and eternal marriage, and seek to live righteous Uh, and useful lives embracing the fullness of the gospel will obtain the complete blessings of the atonement of jesus christ all who had an opportunity to do so during this life will have it in the post-mortal spirit world first peter 3 18 19 4 and 6 of course dnc 138 36 37 ever every person who has lived on the earth will be resurrected with perfected corporeal bodies and those who have kept their commandments will enter into eternal life and have glory notice the word glory added mm-hmm. upon their heads forever and ever and of course they quote Abraham 326
4: and, and it says didn't it say uh, glory added upon
5: mm-hmm. their heads forever because and ever
4: because another thing I've been noticing um, that we talk about the, um, Where did I get his work and his glory, you know, it is to bring to pass the, I want, anyway, I can't think. But anyway, each time someone makes it, they, they have more glory added to them to heavenly father and to jesus i mean it's that this glory thing is bigger than i even ever realized before but i mean they're still adding to their glory through us and and like when um, um, christ finished the atonement and everything heavenly fathers uh i can't even remember the scripture but it was to do with the fact that that Jesus had added glory to him by you know doing that uh, that's
3: right darlene and and that everything that Christ did uh, brought glory to his father
4: uh-huh and so this glory thing i don't know if we understand that totally but yeah. i mean it's an ongoing thing and anyway okay.
5: Think about baptism when you take upon us what? The name of Christ, right? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And then I think about our earthly parents and kids and that glory. And so as we progress through, our actions and deeds are giving glory to those around us, and especially to our parents and to our elder brother. And just like DNC 88 said, and ye shall receive your bodies and your glory shall be that glory by which your bodies are quickened, having different glories, right? Depending on where you end up.
4: Mm-hmm.
5: But it's all about glory.
4: Yeah. I wonder just by something you said there is if we kind of add glory to our parents as we are doing the things that we should be doing. Mm-hmm. you know i mean i wonder if it's a
0: because
5: so we Cameron, i gotta ask
0: honor. oh sorry
4: yeah how much
5: uh, so you're adding glory to your mom <laughs> yeah
0: <laughs> there's one scripture somewhere that puts glory and honor in the same context isn't it where and we add glory and honor to something I'm gonna have to find that one, but like earlier this week, I, the this I woke up and the spirit was like, "Do a word study on glory," and I'm like, "Okay, I wrote it down. It, it's it's on my to do list." But now I'm like, "Okay, that needs to be the number one priority <laughs> because yeah. there, this is why because there was we so could many
4: could that today. <laughs>
0: <laughs> I like, like
3: everybody's the, going to consider that their homework. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. You, you look
5: at 88 again, and it talks about, you know, it talks about the law of the celestial kingdom cannot abide. He who is not able to abide the law cannot abide a celestial glory. He cannot not abide the law of the terrestrial, Cannot abide the terrestrial glory. He who cannot abide the telestial kingdom, cannot abide the telestial. Therefore, he, he is not meet for a kingdom of glory.
2: That is a whole
5: new meaning now, too, right? Mm -hmm. Therefore, he must abide a kingdom which is not a kingdom of glory.
0: Wow. (laughs) So many fun things. And we didn't even get to (laughs) what our original question of answered likened to the Son of Man. Uh, This 26 is (laughs) kind of Caught me off of on another tangent here, It's it's been awesome I, i'm going to have to go here pretty soon, but. huh. <laughs> um, L puts in here so so glory and honor respect grace, so are these all synonyms like exact things or how do they work with each other, and what are the nuances to all of those words. Oh my goodness!
6: Have you ever read uh, Cleon Skousen's thing about the atonement?
0: I I've heard of it. I've never read it. No,
6: I read it. It's kind of confusing, and but it talks a lot about honor, and, and I think it's honor, not respect. And that's how he said something about how he controlled if if people didn't honor or respect him, he would lose his he would lose his glory. So i don't it's i haven't read it in a long long time and it's he it's kind of complicated you have to read it but it's really interesting because he talks about a little bit about glory and honor and how that's how god gets his power because he's respected Mm -hmm. um and i i don't i can't remember most of it but
0: that's a very interesting yeah huh because i i do remember there's some talk at some point from joseph smith if i'm not mistaken that said he would cease to be god if people didn't respect him and honor
6: maybe that's where scowsing got it from because he uh-huh. k- he kind of quotes that he doesn't give the reference to it but yeah
0: find that that reference of the yeah joseph it's smith, I'm thinking, and compare yeah. that with joseph smith and everything mm-hmm.
3: maybe as so. we uh ponder these things uh cameron this week we can spend a little bit of time when we, we continue on our journey mm-hmm. um, to maybe just report back to each other a little yeah. bit. This has been uh, yeah. really thought-provoking.
2: Mm-hmm.
3: And yeah. also just totally kind of with the subject, but a little different, if I understood what Stefan said when he was quoting one of his sources, is um, is the... um. How was I going to say that? Oh, is the the vernacular or the term second estate, is that only peculiar to the LDS uh, theology and doctrine? And it's not in the Bible as the first estate is in the Bible. Is the second estate something that's particularly unique to us?
0: Yeah, I I think think so. so. Because like what Stefan was was quoting there or whatever was uh, saying that, that point there, which I had never necessarily known, but, I, I, you know, there's so many things that we have that we just kind of take for granted that, yeah. that other people don't necessarily understand or, or anything.
5: Yeah, there's, there's only one scripture in there that's not specific to LDS, which is found in, of course, 1 Peter 3.18.19 and mm-hmm. 4.6, which talks about the spirit world, but it really doesn't go into it much, right?
0: Mm-hmm.
3: Thank you, Stefan. You've been really, your resources have been so thought-provoking.
0: I know. I'm going to have to get uh, my own copy of uh, that, it, the encyclopedia. It's amazing, really, going through some of those different things as a, a resource to Look up what
3: encyclopedia is it that, that you're referencing?
5: This was, yeah, we've talked about this before, I think, in other classes. This is one that was edited by Dan Ludlow by the direction of the First Presidency that went out to seminaries and institutes to write a four-volume set for the universities in the world so they would understand what Mormonism was all about, which is what we used back then. But it was sanctioned and read and accepted by the first presidency.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, I put a link to the digital version that you can get for free. But um, sometimes some uh, you can find a a good set of the Encyclopedia of Mormonism. You know, sometimes you can find them at Di or on eBay or something like that. But sometimes they're a little bit of an investment with Desert Book or anything. But
4: I found the set at a used bookstore
0: online. You yeah, could find. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm gonna need to get my own.
4: But it, it was a little spendy, but I I love them. I I'm I never regretted spending yeah. that money for them.
3: <laughs> oh, what an interesting class today.
0: hmm Yeah. <laughs> I was I always wonder, I'm like, are we gonna have enough material to actually talk about here? Yep. <laughs> it, it always happens.
3: <laughs> it went in unexpected directions. <laughs>
0: <laughs> so, I mean, it's fitting. I mean, we still stayed on topic of of the pre-mortal or anti-mortal, but so many new ideas and nuances that I'd never, or I'm learning in new ways and learning how much I don't know and what I want to study now.
3: Yeah, I think that's the value of sharing and not just living in our own little study zone. We're yeah. expanding our, you know, knowledge together. Yeah. I, and it is I, weird very explorative and almost it's almost like the spiritual creation concept where we're trying to take steps into things that don't feel completely concrete to us yet
2: Mm -hmm.
5: yeah exactly i just find it interesting that this ties into so much what president nelson is
0: talking about
4: yes Mm
0: -hmm.
4: it always does doesn't it
0: yeah, because I wanted to talk about Wendy Lethbridge talk or whatever, but I'm not going to have time. But I mean, exactly. Everything that the prophet is saying is so current and so relevant that it, it's just amazing.
3: And what was the Wendy talk that you wanted to talk about?
0: Her talk up in Lethbridge, Canada. Oh, that wasn't Canada. that
3: fascinating? Mm. Oh, man, that was just
0: so interesting. That was that was like I don't know if I call earth shattering because I want to save my earth shattering for something else, but, but I mean it was yeah, it was suck. very changing for a lot of my perspective on things uh, just real quick, <laughs> I can never just shut up, can I, but, um, okay, with, um, when she said what if we could when we're viewing conference as the captions or subtitles see the sacrifice paid by that speaker to give the talk that they're giving. And I, I have put that into practice. Like, as I'm watching the talks now, I ask, Father, please open my eyes so that I can see the subtitles, so that I can see the sacrifices made for this talk specifically. And it's been granted more often than not. And it has been an amazing and rewarding experience, to say the least. So, I, ah, man, Wendy's talk. Um, the, can you put a link in the chat for that? It's was only available for two weeks. They've already taken it down. But there's some people that have written quotes from it and stuff. There's some stuff on the Turk News. If I find any more, I'm still looking for somebody that, possibly, you know, has a, a whole collection of the whole talk or whatever. But if I find that, I'll I'll send it out and. and well,
3: Alicia put the link uh, on your Learning Zion. And yeah. so as soon as she put it up, I listened to it. And I was making comments, but it was only her and I commenting. And I thought, gosh, maybe nobody else even listened. So
4: I'm I glad. saw it just the other day, um, like two days ago, in a transcript form. Um, it was in, I think, mm-hmm. Ezra's equal. I don't know. It was in one of the groups. And I'll try to find it. It was just um, a
0: transcript. Yeah, for sure. Chelsea wrote true. that
4: she yeah. has the full talk in text
0: yeah wow. anybody and everybody send me what you got because <laughs> i'm looking for
4: it. Thank <laughs> you.
0: because i mean i watched it like a thousand times and i i've got it in my head but <laughs> i i don't have it written down because it was i don't know it was an interesting transformational experience like i said almost groundbreaking or earth-shattering but i'm going to save that one for for something else <laughs> and
5: can you post that on learning zine when you get that yeah for sure
1: Perfect. Harry has it in. Please share. And and
3: Cameron, I think it's okay to say that um, it rocked our world.
0: (laughs) Yeah. It It
1: rocked me. me.
0: I love it. Well, all I do have to go. So sorry. I mean, you're more than welcome to stay on and and chat if you want to, but (laughs) I got to go.
4: Cameron, how how long does your thing last?
0: Till three o'clock. Okay. All right. Well, I mean, it's three and then we come back at six o'clock tonight and do the sweat lodge thing.
4: Oh, so yeah, that's what I was wondering about.
0: Because
4: we'll
2: need have to fun.
0: Yeah. All right. <laughs> All right. We'll see y'all later. Have a great week, Bye, everyone. Okay. Well We'll see some of you tomorrow if you want to. <laughs> I know. Bye.
3: Thank you for sharing, everyone.